or something in there and then flip over to the book of Revelation chapter number 2. Okay, so Ephesians chapter number 5, that's where we're going to spend the bulk of our service today. Um, But I want you to find your way over to Revelation chapter number 2 and that's where we're going to get started this morning is Revelation chapter number 2. Amen. Well, let's have a word of prayer as we get started, and as you find your way there, and then uh, we will dive into God's Word and the message this morning. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be able to come together, to be able to meet with you. And Lord, now I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would minister to us. Lord, we need to hear from you. I pray, God, that you'd help us now to be able to, to bring our thoughts into captivity, be able to focus on your Word and what you want to do this morning. I pray now that our hearts would be open. God, as we look at the scriptures today, I pray, Lord, that we'd be challenged, Lord, to know you on a more passionate and on a deeper level. And God, I look forward to what you're going to do. And God, I just uh, thank you, God, for what you've already done this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, and uh, if you've been married or uh, if you are married or if you've ever dated someone before, for maybe uh, you, you can remember what it was like. To have first love. First love, all right? You know, you, you think about first love, and I don't know what you think about whenever you think about first love. I think back to my Bible college days, uh, whenever you would, uh, uh, at, at Bible college, we would, obviously the guys had their dorm, the girls had their dorm, but the guys would stand out in front of the gor- girls' dormitory um, until about, I don't know, 10 seconds before they had to be back in their dorm, and uh, they'd just stand there, and oftentimes, Tress and I thought they were weird, okay, Tress and I didn't do this, because we thought it was weird, but they'd stand there, and, and the, they wouldn't say anything. They stand, you know, about as close as you are allowed to be, uh, and, and they just look at each other and just stare at each other. And Tress and I would just walk by and we're like, man, they're so weird. I mean, it was just, it was just kind of a weird thing uh, to see that. And maybe some of you have, 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 have experienced, maybe that was you. Maybe you were one of those weirdos that just stood there and stared at each other. Uh, you, you probably remember what this was like. I can remember, uh, you know, whenever you're dating, what do you do? You, you call each other. At least that's how it was uh, back whenever, uh, whenever Tress and I first started dating each other. We didn't have the texting and stuff like that like, uh, like we do today and, and uh, smartphones and things. And so what would we do? Well, uh, you'd call each other and you You'd talk until you had nothing to say. And then what would you do after that? You wouldn't hang up. You'd just sit there and you'd listen to each other breathe, right? I mean, and uh, you just sit there and you you know, are you still there? Yeah, okay, I'm still here too. And, uh, you know, you sit there and you just, you listen to each other breathe on the phone with each other. I mean, it was just, it's, it's weird. That's what it is, all right? And, uh, you know, it's, as guys, you would watch the chick flicks. Why? Because you wanted her to know how much you loved her, right? You know, I mean, you, you, met, you paid this great price, the sacrifice of watching the Hallmark Channel. And, uh, you know, that was, that was your way. You were putting your dues in. You, you, you can remember maybe you, you'd show up and you'd pick her up for a date and, uh, you know, you, you'd get there and, and you'd knock on the door and, and uh, the door would open and, and uh, you know, you, you, you'd see the, the dad would answer the door. It was never, never her. She wouldn't answer the door. Dad would answer the door and he'd, he'd tell you, he'd say, well, she's not ready yet. I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, it was just the way that it was. And, and he'd say, why don't you come in? You'd sit down and, and uh, you know, you'd sit there in the living room and you're waiting and, and you know, and an hour later, she, finally she comes walking down the steps and, and I mean, just beautiful, you know, and, and Oh, I'm so sorry that it took me so long. Oh, don't worry about it. It's not a problem at all. You know, remember those days, right? And, uh, and so, you know, and then, and then you'd go outside and, and you'd go to the car and you'd open the door for her. Remember that? Yeah, okay. And, and she'd get in and you'd say, oh, I'm going to miss you. 
you know, right? And you'd close the door and you'd rush around to the other side and you'd open your door and you'd climb in and go, oh man, I missed you, you know? And uh, I, mean, that was, I mean, just, you know, the good old days back whenever it was first love, you know, you, you did the first love things, you, you did everything that you could, what, to, to find out what they enjoyed, what they loved, and then you tried to make it something that you enjoyed and that you loved as well. You tried to make their love your love. That was just the way that it was. It was, it was first love. Well, here in, Ephi- or in, in Revelation chapter number 2, God begins to write the story for us, and, and, and he's writing to, to seven different churches, and he begins by writing to the church at, at Ephesus. And as he's writing to them, he begins to talk about how he knows their works, and he talks about all the good things that they've done. He, you know, you, you've done this, and you've done that, and, and I applaud you in those things. But when we come to verse number four, he begins it by saying, nevertheless, all right? He goes, listen, you, you've done this good thing, and you've done that good thing, and, and all these good things. But he says, listen, uh, we, we, I, there's something that we got to deal with. There's something that i got to talk to you about. There's something that we're struggling with here. And in verse number four, he says this, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Why? Because thou hast left thy first love. Just a few years prior in 1 John, John, the same author, human author of the book of Revelation, wrote to the same group of believers in Ephesus and 33 times in this Five short chapters of this book, he challenged them on the subject of love. And yet here they are just a couple of of years later that God is addressing them through his human author, John. And he's telling them, I've got a problem that with you, there's something that you missed. I don't know how you did, but you missed it. Even though I emphasized it so much, he says, you missed it. You've missed, you've lost your first love. You know, I think sometimes in our life, we are often like the church at Ephesus. We can get to that place where we've fallen out of love with Christ. We've fallen out of love with the Lord. And, and he could say to us, you've left your first love. What happened? Well, well, it wasn't that we intentionally, nobody in this, this room would admit it and say, well, yeah, I, I mean, I've fallen out of love with Christ. Nobody would, would, would say that. But the truth is, oftentimes our actions speak louder than our words. Just like in the marriage relationship, the things that we do speak a whole lot louder than the things that we say. And while we will say that we love God, and while we say that we love what He loves, the truth is, is oftentimes we allow things to come in between us and the Lord. We come, things that come between us and the things that Christ loves. And if we truly love Christ like we should, then we will make His love our loves. You know, the the answer to what to do is in verse number 5 of of Revelation chapter number 2. He says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. And listen, and do the first works. He says, go back and do the things that you did at the beginning. Oh, it's been a blessing here recently to talk to some people that, that have recently gotten saved. 
People that have recently accepted Christ as their Savior and to begin to, to talk with them and to hear their excitement for the things of God. To hear their excitement about talking to other people about Christ. To hear their excitement about, about church. To hear their excitement about learning more from the scriptures. It's an exciting thing. And yet, how, how common it is that so many times you get a little bit further down the road and what happens? Things aren't as fresh as they once were. And suddenly, you, you, without even realizing it, you stop doing the first love things. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, how many of us men in here, whenever our wives, you know, are taking a few extra minutes to get ready, we're sitting in the other room saying, oh, don't worry, take all the time that you need. No, most of us, if we could, now we wouldn't do this. I mean, most of us, uh, for fear of our life. But uh, most of us want to go outside, sit in the car and just lay on the horn, right? You know, I mean, that's what we want to We wouldn't do that, but that's what we want to do. And uh, I mean, come on. I mean, it's no longer the first love of like, hey, just take your time. It's like, get out here. We got to go. I mean, we got to get out of here. I mean, it's, it's, what, what happened? All of a sudden, the first love has just... It wasn't that we intentionally woke up one day and said, well, I don't love her the way that I did, or I don't love him the way that I did. And what happens? It's just, you know, over time, we just kind of slide away from doing the first love things. And then when it comes to our love of Christ, it can be so easy for the same thing to happen. So if we are going to love Christ and do the first things like he desires for us to do, then we have to understand exactly what it is that Christ loves. To do that, let's flip over to Ephesians chapter number 5. And this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning. In Ephesians chapter number 5, we, we get into a relationship. And, and it's interesting because uh, Ephesians chapter number 5, the second half of the chapter is often used when it comes to a marriage relationship. And it, 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 that's the way that it should be used. There's, there's, there's content there that deal with a marriage relationship. Right now I'm doing marriage counseling with, with Allie Nielsen and, 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 and with her, her fiancé Jacob. And, and we're going through, we spend a lot of time in Ephesians chapter number 5. But Ephesians chapter number 5, really beginning in about verse number 22, while, yes, it deals with the husband and wife relationship, what it's really doing is giving us a picture of Christ and the church. We is the bride of Christ, and Christ is our head. And in verse number 25, the Bible says this, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Realize this morning that Christ loves the church. He, he loves the church. He loves it so much that he, he gave his very life for it. Jesus gave his life so that people could accept him as their savior and become his bride. Become the church. Friend, it's a simple question this morning. Do you love church? And now, now listen, I know that right on the surface, everybody here would say, well, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm here, aren't I? I mean, come on. Yeah, of course I love church. The truth is, is if we're really being honest, a lot of people are here this morning. Why? Because it's what you're supposed to do, right? I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I woke up this morning, and if I had my choice of staying in bed or coming to church, I mean, let's just be honest, I would have stayed in bed. How many of you say that would be me this morning? I mean, like, nobody? I'll be the only honest one. Okay, listen, I don't want to come and preach to you. I want to sleep, all right? No, uh, but listen, I mean, that's just the, that's just the truth. I mean, like, uh, we all Oftentimes, we don't love what Christ loves like we should. 
We get in our flesh. We, we just aren't walking in the spirit like we should be. And all of a sudden, the things that, that maybe when we first got saved, we were so excited about, they've lost its glitz, its glamour, and now we don't love what Christ loves like we should. For a few moments today, we're going to look at some reasons that we should love the church from Ephesians chapter number 5. And, and, and so as we get started, we see, first of all, in verse number 23, it's where we learn to follow Christ. It's where we learn to follow, follow Christ. Look at verse number 23. It says this, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He's the Savior of the body. You know, when a baby is first born, it doesn't know how to do anything. Right? I mean, like, I can remember uh, before I became a dad, you know, people would have kids. And, uh, I mean, especially, I, I don't know, oftentimes, ladies, you, you have kind of a natural ability to just pick up a baby and you know what to do with it, okay? Uh, before you, as, as a guy, as a man, before I had a baby, it was like, I don't know what to do with this thing. I mean, like, it was just, you know, I, I can remember, I mean, the first time uh, holding Jace in my arms and it was like, oh, I'm going to break it. I mean, like, I, I thought he was going to fall to pieces, fall apart, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I, it was, you know, in that moment, the gravity that hits you that, that, I have to raise this little thing. You know, I mean, like I have to, and you realize you have to teach it everything. They don't know how to do anything. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, like they don't even know how to hold their head upright. I mean, it's just, they're just all over the place. I mean, like it's, a, you have to teach them to do absolutely everything, which in some ways is, is kind of convicting because that means the bad things that they do, they learn from us. But, you know, it is what it is. And so, but, but listen, we're, we're constantly, you know, trying to teach them, to raise them, to, to do things. And so whenever they're a baby, what do we do? We teach them to, you know, first of all, we teach them to, to roll over. You know, and we teach them, okay, and then we teach them to, to sit up, and then we teach them to, you know, eventually they stand, and, and eventually we go from, you know, from baby food to, to actual physical food, and, and what are we doing? We're just, we're teaching them little, little baby steps, little baby steps, one thing after another, and finally they're up walking around, and before you know it, they're eating you out of house and home. That's just the way that it is, okay? Uh, but, but listen, uh, the, you, you, you're, you're teaching them how to do all these different things. Why? Because a baby doesn't know anything. Do you know? That you have to be taught how to follow Christ. We have to learn how to do that. It's, it's not something that just, I mean, just comes, comes naturally that, that we just do it. Listen, Christ is the head, the Bible tells us here in verse number 23. He's the head of the church, the savior of the body. And, and listen, why do we come to church? Because it's where we can learn how to better follow Christ. How to better submit to our head, Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 18 tells us that he is the head of the body, the church. Who's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. We've been talking about that uh, as we've been going through the book of Colossians over in Sunday school on Sunday mornings. Listen, what, what are we doing? We're, t- we're teaching people. We're, we're learning how what? To make Christ the head of our lives, the head of the church. And not only that... To learn how to make Christ preeminent in our lives. Oh, the church is where we come, where we learn how to follow Christ. How to make him the preeminent one in our life. To put him above everything and make him the entire list that everything filters through him. It's not something that comes naturally. We have to learn. 
In 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 2, it says this, As newborn babes desires the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Oh, listen, whenever we get saved, we're, we're like babies just, I mean, you're just, you're, you're getting, you're taking everything that you can. But listen, we have to grow. It starts with the milk of the word and then it comes to the meat of the word. And, and you just continually, listen, and, and as Christians, that doesn't stop. When you first get saved, yes, you have the milk. You need the milk. You, you need the, the, the beginning steps of the Christian life. But I think sometimes we reach a point and we think, well, that's good enough. Listen, friend, we shouldn't be saved for 5, 10, 15 years and still on the milk of God's word. We should be moved to the meat of God's word. Listen, if you're not enjoying the steak of the Christian life, you're missing out. God forbid that we as Christians would stand back and say, you know what, okay, I'm good. no thanks, I don't want the steak, I just want the milk. No, we would never do that in life with our physical bodies. Why? Because we want to continually be growing our kids they're all, we, we, our kids are, are all born between uh, June and July. They're all getting ready to, to, to one-up, right? You know, they're getting ready to turn the next stage. You know, Jason's going to be seven. Kanoa's going to be five. Uh, Jackson's going to be three. You know, so they're all getting ready to, to, to take that next step up. And it's amazing. Whenever you talk to them, when you, when, when you ask them, well, when's your birthday? Well, they'll tell you, well, I'm, I'm you know, if you ask Kanoa right now, she would say, well, I'm four years old, but I'm going to be five. And, uh, you know, she's, she's, she's excited, you know, she's, she's, she's like almost five years old, you know, she wants, she, she wants you to know that. In fact, we've been struggling a little bit recently because uh, even though Kanoa was born before Jackson, Jackson's birthday comes before Kanoa's, you know, Kanoa's is on, or Jackson's on July 23rd, Kanoa's on July 28th, and she's having a hard time understanding why he gets to have his birthday before she gets to have hers. And, and you know, and, and, you know, it just is one of those things. Why? Because she's, she's growing, they're, they're growing. They want to become that next age. They don't just want to settle and say, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm six years old and I, I'll just stay here. You know? No, it's, I mean, they're, they're growing. They're getting bigger, right? You know, as Christians, we shouldn't be content just to sit and to stay where we are. We should be growing. We should be uh, increasing in our knowledge of Christ. It's where we can be taught the word of God. God. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In Acts chapter number 8, Philip is, is sent into the desert. He leaves Jerusalem, he's sent into the desert. And as he's sitting there kind of wondering, God, why did you, why did you bring me here? Why did you send me here? And, and, uh, and as he's waiting out there, there's a chariot that comes riding by. And God tells him, he says, hey, listen, go and, go and, go and join yourself to that chariot. And so that's exactly what, what Philip does. In verse number 30, the Bible says, and Philip ran thither to him and heard him and read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? Here, this, this Ethiopian eunuch is in this chariot, and as he's writing, he's opened the Bible up to the book of Isaiah. He's reading Isaiah chapter 53, and as he's reading it, and God's uh, speaking to him, he, he says, listen, he says, I, 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 I'm reading this, and, and, and Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how could I? How could I? Except some man should guide me. He desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. 
Listen, I'm, we were talking in Sunday school this morning. I'm thankful that we can take God's word and we should take God's word and we should read it on a daily basis and we should be learning from it each and every day. You don't need some preacher to tell you what God's word means. You can get it from God's word all by yourself. And if you aren't enjoying that part of the Christian life, you're missing out. Diving into the scriptures, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you directly. But maybe this morning, you're here today and, and, and you say, Kyle, but I, I enjoy the preaching. Is that bad? Well, I hope you enjoy the preaching. I mean, maybe not. But, but listen, no, 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 listen. That's what church is. It's coming together so that we can be sharpened, so that we can grow, so that we can hear God's word preach. I mean, the very word says, how can they hear without a preacher? The, you know what the Bible tells us? After he said, how can I know except some man should guide me? You know what Philip did in verse number 35? Philip opened his mouth and began in the same scriptures to preach unto him Jesus. He began to teach him the word of God. For us to grow in Christ, we must learn the scriptures. Not some tradition or some way that something was always done. No, we need to hear what the Bible has to say. And God instituted a church as a place to grow and to learn so that we can go into this world with the gospel. It's interesting because while... There were obviously many things that were preached about and were taught in that first century church, in that first century Christianity. The, the primary thing that no doubt they preached about was go, baptize, teach, and repeat. Training disciples and training people to go out and duplicate what they had done. And you know it's sad because oftentimes in the Christian life, we get so caught up on ourselves and what's going on and what we're doing and what we're going through that we miss the main calling that God has given to us. And we don't do what God has told us that we're supposed to do. To go and to preach. To go and to take the gospel into this world. Oh, listen, friend, we, we could spend every week preaching on the gospel. We could spend every week teaching the Great Commission. And it wouldn't be enough. Because we can't get enough of God's word and learning how to go into this world with the gospel. Oh friend, the church is a wonderful place because it's where we can learn to grow. It's where we can learn to, to be encouraged. Hey Roger, I think somebody's at the door back there. Uh, if, uh, it's where, where we can grow in Christ. It's where we can learn to better follow Christ. Secondly, we see this. Verse number 26. It's where we are cleansed from the world. Verse number 26, the Bible says this. Be, uh, excuse me, verse number 20. Sorry, I'm in the wrong place. That, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the word, uh, water of by the word, that we might, he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Listen, friend, the church is where we come to be cleansed from the world. Where we come to be cleansed. 
When I was a teenager, uh, I had some friends over to our house there in Indiana. My family, they had about 20 acres of property, and, and uh, we, were, uh, we, we had a couple of four-wheelers. Well, I mean, if you, if you get a couple of guys, uh, you know, three, four, four guys, four teenagers, and a couple of four-wheelers, there's a lot of potential for some fun, okay? And so we, we, got, we got our four-wheelers, and, and, and we got on there two guys on each one, and I mean, we're cruising through the woods and just having an absolute blast, just having a good time. And, and, and we went up this one place. There was a spot in the woods where you could go up and, and it kind of flattened out and for some reason right there is where all the water would drain to and it was just it just made a mud pit I mean just just this just this mud I mean the mud was just like a couple feet thick I mean it was just deep and we took those four-wheelers and I remember I mean we we cruised and, and we ran and landed right in the middle I mean right inside of it I mean like mud everywhere it was just an absolute mess and and, and I mean we were I remember we were in there and then one of our buddies whenever he got in there he got stuck and and so we I remember we were we were all kind of standing around there and trying to get the four-wheeler out and I remember it was me and Jeremiah and Blake and then Nathan was there and Nathan was the smallest of the three of us and, uh, and we looked at Nathan, and, and then we looked, the three of us looked at each other, and it was just amazing how our Holy Spirit, you know, uh, weaved together in this moment as we looked at Nathan, and we said this would be a great opportunity to dunk our friend's head in the, the mud. And so, you know, as, as, as good friends do, that's exactly what we did. We grabbed that, and we, I mean, we just started throwing each other in the mud and burying each other in this stuff. We're lucky that we didn't just die right there that day. I mean, it was, I mean, we were having an absolute blast. When we were all sitting down, we got on the four wheelers, drove back up to the house, and I'll never forget, as we pulled up and we walked up to the door to go into the house, and we walked onto the porch, my mom met us there. And she looked at us and she said, you are not coming into my house. You are filthy, you are dirty, you are covered in mud. She said, you are staying outside. And I'll never forget us standing out there with the garden holes, with garden hose, with cold water. I mean, being doused with this, I mean, just washing the mud off of us and rinsing all the mud that was coming off of us. Why? Because we were so dirty. We weren't even able to go inside the house. I'll never forget it that day. You know what the church is? The church is a place... Where you can all, it's almost like taking a spiritual bath. You know, the Bible says here in verse number 20, that he might sanctify and cleanse it, how? With the washing of water by the word. As a believer, the Bible tells us that you are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 says this in verse number 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Which you have of God. You're not your own. For you've been brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit. Which are God's. Listen friend. Whenever we become a Christian. We are the very temple of God. That's why it matters what we do with our bodies. Alright. Because our bodies are an example of what the church should be. Alright. That, that's why that's, that's important. But listen friend. The Bible says here that we are a vessel for Christ. And that's why we should be a clean vessel for his glory. Romans chapter number 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, listen, you should be changed. You should not be conformed into the, to the image of this world. You need to be conformed into the image of Christ. You need to be coming more and more like him. And yet so many times we as believers get covered in the dirt and the filth of this world. We stay that way. 
and we're doing damage to the cause of Christ. In Ephesians 5, he tells us, he wants us to be sanctified and cleansed. How? With the washing of the water by the word. In Psalm 119, verse number 9, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. I've shared with our church many times of my valiant attempt at being a good husband um, by sacrificing myself by doing the dishes. And, uh, you know, it's over, over ten and a half years I have, I have learned uh, how, to, uh, how to do the dishes, a few tricks. And, and I, I mentioned before, uh, you know, and uh, I, I got I to gotta share because the story has a continuum, okay? Uh, but uh, whenever we first got married, we made a deal. She'd take care of the house. I would do the dishes. And at the time, we had a dishwasher. And then we moved and didn't have a dishwasher anymore, okay? And, uh, and so then I had to do the dishes, right? And over, over the next, I mean, roughly nine years of my life, there should be an awe here, okay? But anyway, uh, there, there, nine years of my life, I would slave away every night in front of that sink, washing the dirty grime off of those dishes. And, and, uh, and until, listen, here's the continuation. Until recently, we got a dishwasher. Amen. All right. And uh, my life has forever been changed. I forgot how wonderful it was to have time. And so anyway, but uh, you know, uh, one thing that I learned through those, those years of sacrifice and labor is, uh, is that as you, if you got to some of those dishes that you couldn't get the stuff off, you know, like ladies, you, you probably understand this better than the men, but I mean, like sometimes there'd be stuff that got baked on there and you just couldn't Get it off. Now, Tara gave me something this morning that I am going to implement and use. She gave me this little, um, little, uh, little wood chip thing, and it says to it on here. She said anytime that you want to get, a, get a, away from something or don't want to have to do something, it says it's a very rare and extremely valuable round to it. So I can give this to Tress and say I'm going to get a round to it, okay? You know, and uh, I thought that was very, very helpful, you know. And so, but, but what do you do? You, you leave the, 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 the dishes in the sink and you put hot water in it with a little bit of soap and you say, I'm going to get around to it, you know, and, 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 and then you give it some time. And as it sticks in there, as it soaks in there, a miracle happens. It's like magic. I mean, it's just incredible. All of a sudden you come back like in 15 minutes or an hour or something. And, and all of a sudden that all that stuff that was stuck on there is now loose and it just it just comes right off. It's, it's a miracle. What happened? You let it soak in that, that water, you let it soak in that soap. And, and whenever you did, listen, all of a sudden when you pulled it out, whenever you wiped off, it was clean. You know what the church is? The church is, is an opportunity to sit and to soak under preaching. An opportunity to be covered in the water of the word. An opportunity to walk away in the cleanness of confession. Proverbs 13, uh, 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. In 1 John, verse, chapter number 1, verse number 9, it's a verse that we often use to, to, whenever we're leading somebody to salvation, but this verse is applicable for Christians. In fact, that's who it's written to. It says this, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a blessing to come to church and to have those hard spots in our heart rubbed on a little bit. We all have things that, that, that are things that we don't want to deal with. 
that we don't want to confess, that we don't want to take care of. Oh, but if you come to church long enough, God's word will have the opportunity to hit that spot. It's at the corner of your life, right? And to rub in there a little bit. And as you sit and you soak under God's word, all of a sudden, oh, you come to that place where you deal with it. You confess it to the Lord. And you walk away in cleanness before him. Oh, what a blessing to have the filth in our life confessed and removed by the mercy of Christ. To look into the mirror of God's word and see those imperfections that need to be claimed. Friend, this morning, do you love church? It's where we learn to follow Christ. It's where we're cleansed from the world. And finally, this morning, we see it's, it's where we find our purpose. It's where we find our purpose. Look with me at verse number 29. No man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. You know, we as as believers, as the church, we've been given the ultimate purpose. And that is the, what we know as the Great Commission. We, we heard about it this last week during missions conference. In, in Mark chapter number 16, verse number 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That, that is our, our grand purpose that God has given to the entire church. Listen, that is not a command that's given to the pastor. It's a command that's given to each person that's in the church. That we are supposed to be going into this world and giving the gospel to those that don't know Christ. Do you realize in the church, we also find our individual purpose? Do you know each person in here, you have an individual purpose? Next week, we're going to talk more about this, Lord willing, as we're going to dive into 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. As we think about the body of Christ, the Bible tells us here in verse number 30 that we are, the, we are members of His body. And do you realize that as a member of a body, that you have a role in the church? Every person in this room, in fact, we'll talk more about it next week, but but the Bible talks in 1 Corinthians 12 about how there's some people that say, well, I'm not the hand, I'm the foot, so therefore I'm not of the body. And what are they saying? They're saying, listen, because I don't do what this thing does, then really there's nothing for me to do. No, how many of you understand that your hand has a purpose and your foot has a purpose? Aren't you thankful that you don't have to walk around on your hands all day? Okay, yeah, I mean, like, that's a blessing, right? Aren't you thankful you don't eat with your feet? Okay, I know there's some places that people do that, and it's gross, okay? And so that's just what it is. But listen, no, I mean, we have, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And if you're here in the church, if you're part, part of this, this body, if, you, if you're coming to Whitehall Baptist Church, understand this, you have a purpose. You say, Kyle, well, what is my purpose? That's a great question. Come back next week. No, listen, we all have a purpose. And if you're here, God has gifted you in a certain way with specific abilities. There's some in here that would be incredible at teaching young people, be incredible at, at maybe even preaching messages up here. There are some in here that have that ability. And there are others that you would die before you did that. I mean, like, that's just the truth. But listen, there are people in this room that can do things with their hands, that have abilities with their hands, that others would, no way, can't even touch it. 
There are people in, in this room that, that have giftings and abilities and have ways. And, and what a sad thing that so many times we take the giftings that God has given us and the only thing we use them for. Listen, this is so convicting. The only thing we use them for is to make money. And God puts you in this church for a purpose. To fill a gap, to fill a need, to be able to, to, to fit into a way, in a special way that nobody else could. And to be a part of the body of Christ. God has specific plan and a specific role and a specific purpose for you in this church. Now listen, if God moves you to another church one day, then he'll have a specific purpose for you there. But if God has you here, he's got a specific purpose for you here. And can I tell you this, when a part doesn't show up, it's messed. Does your hand ever fall asleep? And you can't get it to do the things that you want it to. The other day, I, I woke up in the morning, and I don't know what it I think I slept on my arm the wrong way, and I woke up, and you know that feeling? Like, it's just, you're like, move, and it just doesn't do anything, right? I mean, it's, it's a bad feeling whenever something doesn't operate in the way that it should. It's like, you know, it's like, come on, show up, and it just doesn't show up, right? You know, I've yeah, been there before. Listen, it, when you're, I want you to know this. Now, listen. I'm not saying this to get on to anybody, but I want you to know, when you're not here, you're missed. Not just because there's this, an empty seat, but because you're a part of the body. And God has a purpose for you. And that purpose is often found, it's, it, one of the, it's, it's found here in the church. God has a purpose for you here. And I'm thankful for each person of Whitehall Baptist Church. I'm thankful for each person that maybe is just a guest but listen, friend, I, I want to tell you this morning, God has a purpose for you. And if God has you at Whitehall Baptist Church, he has a purpose for you here. Friend, this morning, Jesus loved the church and he gave himself for it. Have you left your first love? He, you cannot truly love Christ and not love the things that he loves. It would never work in your marriage relationship. Don't miss this, okay? I don't even think we have a slide for it, but look at verse number 31. Because I'm telling you, we just pull scripture out, right? We just pull it out. But listen, right after he says in verse number 30, for we are members of his body, his flesh, and of his bones. Verse number 31, he says this, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall join unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Now, we, we, we pull that verse out and we say, okay, this, this verse has to do with marriage. This verse has to do with the church. No, 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 listen, friend. He's talking about the same thing here. Let, let me, this, this is so good. I don't want you to miss this, okay? We're, we're almost done, but I don't want you to miss this. When you become a Christian, you are now a part of the body of Christ. Do you understand in a marriage relationship, when Tressa and I got married, the Bible says that we become one flesh. Now, does that mean that we become conjoined twins? No, that's not what that means. Does that mean that we just like envelop each other? No, that's not what that means, okay? What, what it means is our, our direction is the same. We are on the same page, right, okay? We are going the same way. We have the same goals. And if something's not the same goal, there's a goal over here and she has a goal over here and, and we're go, pulling away from each other. Uh, no, no, no. We got to come back together and we got to focus on the same goal. Why? Because we are one flesh. You know what he says here about the body of Christ? Picture this. We are one with Christ. 
And so many times, what do we do? When I go over here, I want to do this. I get this. And God says, no, no, no. We're one. The church is one. And I hope this morning you see that. Because that's so powerful. You cannot look at the, the relationship of Christ and the church without talking about the relationship of, of, a, of a husband and a wife that truly loves one another. Friend, you cannot say that you love Christ if you do not love the church that he gave himself for. I hope you'll choose to plug yourself in. Next week, we're going to talk specifically about some things. I hope that you'll be here. Listen, next week is our anniversary service. I can't wait. We're going to talk about some exciting things that we're praying that God will allow us to do as we move forward for the cause of Christ. And listen, God wants you, if you're here at this church, I'm just telling you, God wants you to be a part of it. He wants you to be plugged in. And I hope today that you'll choose. You say, Kyle, what, what in the world am I going to do? What, 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 do I, what do I even do with a message like this? Friend, let, let, me, let me encourage you. Ask, ask the Lord to, to speak to your heart. And say, Lord, it, do I truly love you the way that I should? And God, if, if I do love you, then God, do I, do I really love your church the way that I should? And God, if I really love the church the way that I should, then God, where do you want me to plug in at? Because I know you've got a purpose for me. God's got a purpose for you. He's got, he's, got a, he's got a plan for you. And God wants to use you. He wants to use every person in this room. But it's only going to happen when we realize we're one with Christ. We're the bride of Christ. And as the bride of Christ, we fulfill that duty, that role that God has placed us in. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed today. I know it's a different message this morning, but I know that the Lord can speak to hearts. Friend, can I encourage you to ask the Lord to help you to love the church? To love the church. I know that sounds so silly, so, so simple. But if you do, then ask the Lord how you can not just sit, soak, and sour, but how you can sit, soak, and then come away clean and usable for the master. Be plugged in to get involved. This morning, God wants to use you. He has a purpose for your life. And I hope today that you'll submit to that role, that goal, that purpose that he has for you. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, we're going to have a time of invitation where we can spend some time with the Lord. Let's stand together as the music plays. Father, bless now this time, we pray. May it bring honor and glory to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As the piano plays, respond to the Lord this morning. Maybe you just want to take a few moments.